Located in Southern California, the Joshua Tree National Park straddles the Colorado Desert and the Mojave Desert, which is higher and cooler. It is an expansive place, rife with cactus, interesting rock formations, and of course, the twisted, bristled Joshua trees, for which it's named. If you ever find yourself hiking or exploring this beautiful protected park, you may want to stay on guard, so to speak. Why? <laughs> well, it could just be that you're being followed. If you stop and listen carefully, you might be able to make out strange, scraping footsteps in the sand somewhere behind you. Although this ungainly stranger prefers to spend 95% of their time underground, they do occasionally amble outside to take a leisurely stroll. At a top speed of 0.2 miles per hour, you probably wouldn't have to worry too much about outrunning them. But why would you? Who runs away from the California desert tortoise? It seems like everybody loves these unhurried and not-so-little guys who can pop their heads out of their hard shell to leisurely rush on scaly, bowed legs across the desert sand and then to see them tuck legs and head back in at any sign of danger. What most of us probably never think of, though, is that these venerable little soldiers have been placed on both the California and Federal Endangered Species lists once in 1989 and again in 1990. Right now, their status is threatened, only one rung below being endangered. There are several factors that have contributed to the diminishing tortoise population, and that is what we are going to explore. I'm Anna Vanover, and this is Rise for Wildlife. If you ever choose to take an excursion out to the Mojave Desert in southeastern California, keep your eyes wide open. You just might be lucky enough to see one of these trundling creatures who carry their home on their backs. Now the desert tortoises might be a bit slow moving, but that's not why you may miss spotting one while out hiking. They tend to spend the majority of their time camouflaging themselves as regular old rocks, under shrubs or in the shade, sheltered from the hot desert sun, and also from desert predators, who relentlessly seek them out. Tortoises use their thick curved legs to dig holes or tunnels called burrows. They sometimes do this when it's extremely hot, or of course to hibernate during the winter, another big reason why it can be so hard to catch a glimpse of them. The best time to go on a tortoise watch is right after the seasonal rains. The temperature plays a role in your chances as well. When the thermometer reaches between 70 to 93 degrees Fahrenheit, you just might see old Scooter moseying along the dusty desert trail. Here's an interesting fact. The raven is a major predator of desert tortoise babies. Much like their relative the crow who often preys on baby birds and nests, 
Ravens seek out baby tortoises by perching on power poles or other high areas where they have a great view of the unsuspecting hatchlings. Ravens, according to the Nature Conservancy, are causing substantial declines in tortoise populations. However, ravens aren't the only problem. As you can easily surmise, humans play a significant role in the detriment of the desert tortoise as well. The Joshua Tree National Park suggests that part of the tortoise's decline could be attributed to the release of pet or domesticated tortoises into the wild over the past several decades. Experts have discovered a deadly bacterial infection that began to appear more and more among the wild tortoise population. Upper respiratory tract disease attacks the tortoise's respiratory system and can be transmitted through sharing of burrows or through human handling of tortoises. This can occur when a person handles a sick tortoise and then unwittingly transmits the disease to a healthy animal. Of course, there is also the dreaded urban sprawl. As cities get larger and take over more area, what was once a wild animal's habitat becomes unsuitable for many species, especially the desert tortoise. One example of our role in the disruption of habitats might be roads. Roads can fragment desert tortoise habitat, making it difficult for individuals to find each other to breed. Roads are also a source of desert tortoise deaths because they can't move fast enough to get out of the way of a car. A bit of advice, if you find yourself in a desert tortoise habitat, check under your car before getting in and drive with caution to reduce unintended deaths. Finally, think before you play. If you are planning to have some motorized fun out in the desert, you could unintentionally be putting the desert tortoise in danger. Invasive grasses carried in off-road vehicles tire tread can be inadvertently planted while riding and further degrade desert tortoise habitat Tortoises are suited to specific types of vegetation, and introducing new plant life can threaten their survival. So, what do we do? Stay out of the desert? Stop camping or enjoying outdoor recreation altogether? Of course not. What is important is educating ourselves about our potential impact and being responsible guardians of nature. When we are aware of what is happening and why, then we can make good decisions. For example, if we are going to go off-roading, we can make sure to clean the tires as best we can to help avoid bringing in invasive grasses, which could cause future problems. We can enjoy the tortoises and other wildlife from a distance instead of touching or handling them, which could cause illnesses or injuries. If we want future generations to enjoy the world as we have, we must play our part in preserving it. We'll be right back. With an influx of orphaned and injured baby animals, rehabbers need donations to help feed and house them all until they can be released back into the wild. So we at Rise for Wildlife are reaching out to you, asking that you would consider partnering with us by giving a donation of any size. Your contribution 
helps the rescuers and rehabilitators we support with many of the essential needs they have. Listen to the end of this program to learn how you can contribute and partner with Rise for Wildlife to help with the needs of licensed rescuers and rehabilitators throughout the United States. currently studying the desert tortoise living within Joshua Tree National Park. They're using radio telemetry, a tool that has been used since the 1960s. Scientists use this process to track the movements of the desert tortoise. Radio signals, which are made up of invisible and silent electromagnetic waves, help to determine location. The system is made up of three parts. There is a radio transmitter, a radio antenna, and a radio receiver. The transmitter is placed on the tortoise and it sends the radio signal back to the scientists with the antenna. The signals are then translated into beeps by the receiver. The closer the receiver gets to the tortoise wearing the transmitter, the louder the beeps are. Through the use of tools like radio telemetry and global positioning systems, Scientists are gathering information that provides us the ability to have a better understanding of the threatened desert tortoise. But with understanding comes responsibility. So, how can we help in the preservation of this threatened species? If you see a tortoise in the wild, it is important that you do not pick it up. Handling wild tortoises is illegal under the Endangered Species Act. The only reason for picking one up is if the tortoise is on or near a road and in imminent danger of being struck by a vehicle. If you must move one to get it out of harm's way, grasp it firmly with two hands, keep it just a few feet above the ground, and move it off the road about 50 feet in the same direction in which it was headed. Then place it gently back on the ground, preferably in the shade. Often, people want to bring wild tortoises home as pets. You need to know that it is illegal to remove a tortoise from the wild for any reason. If you would like a pet tortoise, try reaching out to a tortoise rescue. There are plenty of rescued and non-releasable tortoises looking for good homes. Groups like the California Turtle and Tortoise Club are a good place to start educating yourself on all things tortoise. This particular tortoise group has been around since 1964, and their website has a link specifically for adoptions. If you are interested, check them out. Their website address is easy enough to remember, www.tortoise.org. It is especially important to remember not to release pet tortoises into the wild. Aside from the fact that they are not wild animals and cannot survive on their own in the desert, they may carry a number of diseases that they can introduce into the wild tortoise population. Again, domesticated tortoises are not wild. They cannot fend for themselves in a surrounding they are not familiar with. Think about how you would fare if you were taken from your home and left alone in the desert. Domestic tortoises are used to being cared for as pets 
and may have lost their instincts to forage and protect themselves from predators. Not only that, the tortoise is extremely territorial. A wild tortoise in the desert will see a pet tortoise as an intruder and will not take kindly to it. Sadly, the domesticated tortoise will not last long. During its lifetime of 50 to 100 years, a wild tortoise rarely moves more than a couple of miles from its birthplace and is intimately familiar with the resources within its small territory. Protecting the native flora from introduced and invasive plants and grasses is vital to the survival of the desert tortoise. Out in the Nevada desert, there is a small town site named Lida that was once home to over 500 people in the 1900s. In those days, a stagecoach would make a 40-mile trek every day from the town of Goldfield to Lida. More than 100 years later, in a small cabin in this very place, we ran into an outdoorsman and naturalist named Lida Tom. During our conversations with him about antelope, wild burrows, and protecting wildlife for future generations to enjoy, we moved into the topic of the desert tortoise. He shared with us a story that took place in the Mojave Desert. Uh, several years ago, some buddies and I, we went dirt bike riding up in the Mojave Desert up around Randsburg, El Paso mountain range. And we were riding the back dirt roads and we came across a tortoise that was uh, there on the dirt road. So we turned around. I was a little concerned that the other riders and ATV riders out there would maybe turn the corner there and hit him. So I got off my bike and ended up picking him up. I was wearing riding gloves and I picked the tortoise up and I put him back up on the hill about a hundred feet up and we all went on our, our way riding. Well, we got done with our riding that area up there. We came back down that road about 15, 20 minutes later and there was that tortoise. He'd come back and was right there in that middle of the road again. And uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. I had stopped picked the tortoise back up and sat him, put him back up on the hill about another hundred feet, and we went riding on our way. Lyda Tom said that while he was amused and a bit confounded to have found and moved that tortoise twice from the road, he later learned it was because he had not realized at that time that it was heading in a specific direction, and he had two times taken it back to whence it had come. These days, he says, if he comes across wayward tortoise road crossers, he is always mindful to set them safely on the other side and always in the same direction they were heading. What is the one thing that you would like to leave our listeners with, Lyda Tom? Yeah, and I, I can't stress enough the importance of wearing protective gloves when you're going to handle a tortoise. Also, when you, when you have to handle a tortoise, be sure to handle it very gently. Keep the tortoise low to the ground. Do not make any sudden moves when you're moving the tortoise because you could scare, frighten the tortoise, and it can release its bladder. It releases all that urine, which that is bodily fluid that could be stored up to a year. And um, basically, the, the, tur the tortoise can dehydrate uh, if it's not within its uh, food source to replenish the uh, fluid. 
Although the desert tortoises are well adapted to the environments in which they live, it is becoming more and more evident that they are having difficulty with the rapidly changing surroundings that we humans are forcing upon their ecosystem. Hopefully, through education and organizations like the Desert Tortoise Council, as well as many other advocacy groups, the tortoise habitats of the Southwest can be conserved, and the desert tortoises can enjoy their life in the slow lane, safe, healthy, and far from the threatened and endangered list. We'd like to give a special thank you to Lyda Tom for his story and information about the desert tortoise. I'm Anna Vanover, and this is Rise for Wildlife. Rise for Wildlife and the licensed rehabilitators who we support would like to thank you for your gift of any size. Your tax-deductible contribution helps us to help rescuers through information, support, and education. You can make your donation on PayPal by going to paypal.me backslash Rise for Wildlife Incorporated. That's all one word, lowercase, no spaces. paypal.me backslash Rise for Wildlife INC. Rise for Wildlife Incorporated is a 501c3 nonprofit organization.